My name is John Thomas. For those of you that don't know, I'm the pastoral resident. But we have our pastor, his bride, and their lovely girls here with us today. Can we thank God for that? Guys, thank you. We're glad God brought you right back home. Hallelujah. Right back to us. <laughs> Amen. I'm going to do my best to not hold you long, not be before you long. Uh, we have a, a good lunch uh, waiting at some point for us after the day. That way we can fellowship with Pastor Ben. But um, I don't want to hold you. Our uh, text is going to be in Psalms 142. If you have it, uh, shout amen. If you don't, just say, hold up. Wait a minute. Let me put some Bible in it. <laughs> Psalms 142. 142. All right, I heard one. When you got it, say Amen. Amen. All right. Psalms 142. It reads as such. I pour out my... Oh, I'm, I'm in two. Sorry, y'all. Here we go. <laughs> 142. With my voice, I cry to the Lord. With my voice, I plead for mercy to the Lord. I pour out my complaint before him. I tell my trouble before him. When my spirit faints within me, you know my way. In the path where I walk, they have hidden a trap for me. Look to the right and see there is none who takes notice of me. No refuge remains for me. No one cares for my soul. I cry to you, O Lord. I say you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Attend to my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are too strong for me. Bring me out of this prison, that I may give thanks to your name. The righteous will surround me, for you will deal bountifully with me. That's the word of the Lord for us today. Father, I pray that this word rest with your people. God, make us people who can turn to you. People who will call out to you, the one who is able. God, work on our hearts. Give us the grace to turn to you. In Jesus' name, amen. In 2018, uh, it was in June the 23rd, there was a group uh, that went out to celebrate a friend's birthday. It was 12 soccer players, and they brought along their coach, uh, the assistant coach. So there was 13 in total. And to celebrate their friend, they wanted to go on a hike through a cave. And for a teenager, that's a pretty fun way to celebrate your birthday. 
don't get any ideas for me because that, that's not my thing. Uh, Heather and I actually went through some caves in uh, Kentucky, and it can get pretty tight. So if you have to crawl, don't give me a call. <laughs> call Pastor Ben or, or some of our elders. But, but that's just not my cup of tea. But for these young teenagers, hiking through a cave is fun. So that's what they decided to do. They finished practice early, released, and those, that group headed on up to the cave. And around 7 o'clock that evening, the head coach's phone began to ring. And he realized he had missed 20 calls. And when he returned those calls, it was parents looking for their children. Parents frantic, trying to find out why their child never came home after practice. That's a cave all by itself. So he realizes that all the, the officials of the teams were being called. And he's calling around trying to find out what happened to these soccer players. One of the students who actually ended up going home and didn't tag along on the trip told him that they went to the cave. So the head coach goes to that cave and he sees that they have their belongings left on the outside. He immediately lets the emergency personnel know what's going on so that help could come. But as the days passed, the grim reality seemed to become more certain. And it seemed like their story would end with them being stuck in that cave. See, the only way that they were going to get out of that cave is if help from the outside came inside. That was the only way that their story would not end in that cave. Have you ever felt trapped, pinned down, like you're stuck between a rock and a hard place, imprisoned? Life has a way of taking us into the cave. Failing health is a cave. You go to the doctor and they find a mass and they tell you it's cancerous. You are stuck in the cave of wondering whether you can survive this. When, when the funds run low and you don't know how the next bill is going to be paid, pinned down by worry, that's a cave. When your child is choosing a godless lifestyle and making bad choices, they're dealing with a cave of their own, but that subsequently throws the parent into a cave, stuck between love and heartache. You can find a cave on your job. You can be in a cave in your marriage. You can be in a cave stuck between your heart's desire and unfulfilled dreams. That's a tough cave to be in. But I want to tell you today that our text shows us what to do 
when we find ourselves in a cave, and, and, and what I'm going to do is give you three points, and we're going to move on. The three points are position, pain, and petition. When we find ourselves in a cage, I mean in a cave, remember position, pain, and petition. See, David, in his first two uh, verses of this song, you find him saying, I cry out, I plead, I pour out, I tell. Who is he talking to? Remember, he's in a cave. He is calling out to the Father. David tells us, I go before the Lord constantly and consistently. In life, we don't, we don't tend to go to God for every single thing. See, life conditions us to think logically. And as we operate in the, in the physical, we tend to find physical solutions to our problems. We choose to use logical means. We want to fix our own problem, find our own answers. And God uses people. He uses the world around us to accomplish his plan. He makes his will happen by using creation. And by reflex, that causes us to think this is the way things work. We don't always think spiritually about it, but here David is in the cave. And he is going before God. He is positioning himself before God. He's teaching us something here. Our reflex of our human experience is to find physical answers for our pain. We have to realize that the, the strength and the wisdom of man will run out. The, the strength and wisdom of man is finite. It is finite and ultimately it fails. It fails. That's why uh, in Proverbs 3, it tells us to lean not to your own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge God and he will direct our path. See, God is saying all that because he cares about what we are going through. He cares. And a lot of times when we find ourselves in a cave, we want to position ourselves before God. And that means I'm taking a step back. I'm taking my hands off it. I'm letting God do it. I'm letting him be the solution. There are other reasons why we don't always turn to God. Sometimes we think our problem is just too small, too busy for the creator of the uni universe. Our problem unimportant to the sustainer of all things. Mm 
I want to remind you, child of God, that he has numbered the very hairs on your head. Something so trivial as hair, and he knows the number. Nothing is too small for his attention. I want to remind you this morning that you can bring your concerns to him because he cares for you. Here is David in this cave, and he's letting us know that we can go to God. See, sometimes we try to solve our own problems because we feel like, you know what? Uh, I'm an adult. I should have this together. I should have this figured out. You know, there's some people that will say, I'm not going to go to God until I get myself together. If you can get yourself together, God can't do anything with you. And when you think of that, you begin to see how absurd that really is. There is not a pre-wash that we go through before we get step into the shower. God wants us to come to him completely dependent on him. Somebody once said, God helps those who help themselves. Look at your neighbor and say, wrong. (laughs) Wrong. God helps those who can't help themselves. He's helping those who know that they are helpless. Put that in your theological pipe and smoke it. And and if I could be hip, put it in your vape pen. Don't don't go crazy with that. Either we are going to come before the Father totally helpless and fully dependent on him, or we are just prideful. We are needy people. Humans are needy. There is no one you can bear your soul with more than you can bear it with the Father. You can be absolutely vulnerable with God. And sometimes as we're trying to find solutions, we can get caught up in the moment of of finding a, a solution and leaving God out of the picture till we miss what he's doing. It could be that the very problem we're trying to solve, God has allowed that so that he could fix a problem in you. Here we are trying to fix a problem, but God has allowed the problem so he could fix us. Maybe he's trying to get you to see that he is the true answer, that he can save you. Maybe he's using it to bring you out. That's why it's important that at these times when we find ourselves in a cave, in a cave we turn to the Father, that we position ourselves before God. David gets this. He has it down. 
I want to position myself toward the Lord. That is the heart of David in this song. Positioning himself before the Lord. I would tell you if you're questioning your identity, turn to the Lord. If you are looking for a job, keep turning to the Lord. If all your needs are met and everything is going good, continue turning to the Lord. We want to be constantly positioning ourselves before God in the good times and especially, definitely in the tough times. Because what we find is that God is not just some, some resource to be tapped into at will when we need it. He's not just a resource. He is the source. Yeah. Everything that we need is in him. Yeah. Position yourselves before God. That's what David is showing us here in these first two verses. So when I turn to God and I'm coming before him, what do I do next? I, here I am before God. What now? Let's see what David does. Verses 3 through 5. He says, when my spirit thinks within me, you know my way. In the path where I walk, they have hidden a trap for me. Look to the right and see there is none who takes notice of me. No one who cares for my soul. No refuge re remains for me. I cry to you, O Lord. I say you are my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. David is here pouring out his pain. The psalmist is saying, when I am weak and helpless, you know my situation and you know the way out. He says, God, they are setting traps for me. No one defends me. I have nowhere to stay safe. Nobody cares about me. David is going through it. When you are going through it, do you pray like that? When you are faced with a cave, are you praying like that? This is how it feels when we really go, are going through. When we're really going through and the only answer that we can find is that God himself. That's what it feels like. And David is being honest and letting God know. See, Psalms 142 is a lament. It is a lament. And there are five elements to a lament. It's when you go before God and you make sure that that's the first thing you do. You address God. You go before him. Then you let him know of the misery you are in. Let him know of your complaint. Then give him your plea. Ask him for help. Then affirm. Trust in who he is. Trust that he'll do what he says he's, he can do. 
and then end with a statement of praise. We're going to see that that's exactly the formula that David follows. That's the formula he has laid out. See, the church could benefit from a more robust practice of lament. David is putting on a lament clinic just for us. We have to remember that this isn't just a private prayer in the confines of a cave. This was a prayer recorded for the church. They would read this in public worship. And, and in the, uh, the early church, they had hymns that would capture laments. Hymns just for being sad. Just for grieving. Most of our worship today lends itself to the, the, the joyous and happy emotion, but it doesn't give us much room all the time for sadness, for lament. And, and that comes through so clear as David writes this song. He is completely exhausted, on the run for his life, confused as to why the king is chasing after him so hard. But there in the cave, he pours out his pain. He makes sure to let God know how he feels. When you find yourself in a cave, what pain do you feel? Are you lonely? Has the enemy set traps for you? Have he set traps for your enemies? Has he set traps for those you love? What pain do you feel when you're in a cave? And when you read the words of David here, he almost sounds like a spoiled teenager. David says, I'm exhausted. Everyone's after me. No one notices me. No one cares for me. That sounds just like some teenagers that I know. But what is David doing here? He is being honest, open and honest before God, telling God exactly how he feels. When you pour out your pain and you tell God how you feel, that's prayer. God hears that. He wants you to be earnest as you come to him. And you don't have to feel bad and you don't have to be afraid. God is a big boy. We serve a big God. He can handle your doubt. He can handle your anger. Don't allow how you feel and in your pain to keep you away from letting God know exactly how you feel. Sometimes we feel like what we are up against or what we're in is his fault. He can handle it. We can bring that to him 
and tell him exactly what's going on. Regardless of what it is. And when you come to God and you pour out your pain to him. What do you do next? What do you do next? It feels like nothing is happening. Some have said that when they pray, it feels like they're praying to a God they don't believe in. Somebody says praying is almost like throwing pennies in a wishing well. And it will feel like that sometimes. But we can bring our messy prayers to God. If that's how we feel, all we have to do is let him know about it. Sometimes in our prayers, while we're praying, we can be distracted mid-prayer. Here is another thought out of the way. I wasn't thinking about it, and I'm trying to focus in and pray. Pray about that. Bring that before God. He's okay with it. He can handle it. That's authentic prayer. After we have positioned ourselves before God and we pour out our pain to him, we can then move on to petition. Petition, we can make a request of God. Let's look at the last two verses. Attend to my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are too strong for me. Bring me out of prison that I may give thanks to your name. The righteous will surround me, for you will deal bountifully with me. David is still in the cave. And he's talking about God dealing bountifully with him. He's in the cave. But he's saying, I will give thanks to your name. How does he get to joy? His very life is threatened. He is on the run. He says, there's nobody that cares for me. There are traps set for me. See, David had these words because every time he would leave the cave, there was somebody there watching who will run back to King Saul and tell him, David is over here now. But David had his men who would let him know, hey, they found out where we are, and he would have to move to another location. At that time, David had 600 men, excuse me, 600 men with him. 600 men that have chosen to follow David. But I want to tell you, it feels like nobody is with you when you have an army of 3,000 coming after you. An army of 600 is nothing to an army of 3,000. And these 3,000 weren't just any old body. These 3,000 were at least in the 90th percentile. They were the top 
best soldiers out there. They were the elite forces. 3,000 of the elite forces, soldiers coming after you will make your ragtag game of 600 feel like nobody. But I want to let you know that this God, our God, the God that David is praying to, he can do more with one willing man or woman than he can do with an army of 3,000 elite soldiers. David understands that. So as he finds himself in this cave, as he finds himself feeling all alone, he goes to the Lord and he pours out his pain. And we see here in these last two verses that he makes his petition. He said, God, you are my refuge. You are my safe place. You can deliver me from these persecutors who are what? Too strong for me. David's dependence is not in his 600 mighty men. He says, he says my enemies are too strong for me. But he knows the God that, that has brought him victory over the lion and the bear and the giant. He knows that this is nothing for his God. Are you able to make a petition? Are you able to make a request before God? See, a lot of times we will wonder, can God do this for me? Can he do it for me? He did it for David. I've heard of him doing it for somebody else. But can he answer my petition? I want to tell you today, he is not a respecter of person. He is not worried about your, your clout on the street. He is not worried about your position on, a, on your job. He is not concerned about your socioeconomic status. He is not a respecter of person. The Bible tells us that a, a bruised reed he will not break. He will respond to you with tender gentleness. David believes this and that is why. That is why he can have joy in the end of this lament. That's why he can look to God with expectation that his story won't end in a cave. I want to let you know today that he can do it for you. He can do it for you. You don't have to feel alone when you find yourself in a cave. It may be cold. It may be dark. It may be lonely. But you can count on somebody. You can count on God. But as you're in that cave, you got to remember that help is not going to come from inside. David was locked 
penned in this cave. But the help that he was going to receive was outside. He prayed to a God that has the power to control what's going on on the outside as well as control what's going on on the inside. See, that soccer team that was trapped in the cave, as the days passed by, death seemed more certain. But through an amazing rescue, that which was outside traveled two and a half miles deep into the cave and was able to bring each one out one by one. They got out. He can get you out. He can get you out of your cave. Your story doesn't have to end in the cave. And I know this because not only did David's story not end in the cave, I'm a living witness because I'm not in the cave. See, Adam had cast all humanity into the cave of sin and misery. And there we are needing to be rescued. Who would come to deliver us? Who would come to deliver us? God sends his son. And Jesus comes to this earth and lives a life of holy obedience. He lived the life we couldn't live. Because he was the only spotless lamb worthy to be sacrificed to take away our sin. And as his death drew near, he too had a petition. He went into the garden to, to request of his father, looking into the cup that was his to drink, Seeing the sins of the world and its punishment, he asked his father, petitioned him, let this cup pass from me if it be your will. Jesus received a no on his petition. Then he was soon arrested on false charges, sentenced to death. Left deserted, no one to defend him. He was killed and put in a hole caved into the mountain. The lifeless corpse of the crucified Savior lay resting in the mountain he called to existence. Sealed by the stone he brought forth. There in the isolation in that dark, cold cave, the dead body of Jesus Christ lay. But I stand to tell you today, the story of our Savior didn't end in a cave of a grave. I want to tell you, three days later, he walked out of that tomb. With all authority and power, 
changing the eternal fate of humanity to grant to us a gift. A gift of eternal life. You can receive it by faith. It is only received by faith. He received a no on his petition so that we could receive a yes. He received loneliness so that we would never have to walk a day alone. He can get you out of the game. Position yourselves before God when you find yourself in a cave. Pour out your pain to him. Tell him how it really is. Let him know how you really feel. And then petition. Ask him. Make your request of God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that we are reminded to turn to you when we find ourselves in a cave, when we are pinned down and locked down stuck by the situations of life we know that you are able you are able to do all things what is impossible with man is possible with you father you are a God who specializes in things thought impossible you can do what no other power can do Give us the strength. Give us the grace, Father, to turn to you, to be honest with you, and to ask. Have your way with us. In Jesus' name, amen.